If this morning's texts about the end of the world, about horrible things happening, were assigned for last weekend, we might have confused it with one of the campaigns. After all, just a week ago, we were hearing that the end of the world will happen if Hillary Clinton is elected president. Or worse yet, the end of the world will happen if Donald Trump is elected president. And here we are, one week later. And what are we to do? On Wednesday, after a divisive and a campaign season that was filled with so much hatred and negativity, on Wednesday, half of my friends on Facebook were posting little emojis with smile faces and flags and, and messages like, yay. And half of my friends were sobbing and grieving deeply. This past week, as I listened to other pastors talk about their folks, a similar thing can be said. In particular, those pastors that serve congregations in the inner city. There is deep concern here. There is deep concern, especially among immigrants, among the gay and lesbian community, and among Muslim groups. What is going to happen next? Will the rhetoric of angry and hatred that was present in campaigns, that talked about mass deportations and talked about registrations of Muslims and defamed and dehumanized people. Will that rhetoric, now that the campaign is over, will that dominate policy? And if it does, what are we as Christians to do? What are we to do who follow Jesus? What will those newly elected in places of power choose to do as they consolidate their power, as they wield it, as they live it out? What values will drive decisions and who will benefit? And maybe the more important question for Christians is who will be harmed by such things. This morning, Jesus is in conflict with those who run the temple. We're in the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Luke, and by this time, Jesus has been constantly coming into conflict with the Pharisees. And now, as he arrives in Jerusalem, and he is there at the temple itself, the chief priests and the scribes the rulers of the people. And what's the heart of the conflict, I think, is a different vision of what does it mean to be good and holy and what does it mean to be a child of God. For the temple crowd, holiness and being connected to God is a result of following the rules, of maintaining the boundaries of generations upon generations of rules. 
And some, some are pushed to the side and labeled as unclean and unholy. And these folks are best not to be dealt with. They're pushed away. And Jesus, Jesus comes to conflict with that idea that some are holy and some are not and some are unloved by God. Jesus clashes because his values are best seen at the table. Jesus shares a table with those who are on the outside as well as the inside. Jesus shares a table in which God's love and grace and forgiveness are lavished. They're abundant. And those who are labeled by others find a place at Jesus' table. Now that conflict, that conflict is heightened in this morning's gospel. Because just after this, just after this time, and Jesus' words in the temple, he finds himself arrested and crucified. The powers that be took Jesus' table of love and grace and forgiveness, a table that was inclusive, and smashed it and used the wood to crucify Christ on a cross. And it seemed for a time, it seemed for a time that they won. It seemed for a time that this image, this narrow understanding of God was the one that was going to win the day. But you know what the story is. You know how it ended. It didn't end at the cross with Jesus' defeat and his table crushed. For three days later, the resurrection was God's vindication. God says yes to the life and the ministry of Jesus by raising his body from the dead. And all the powers of the world tried their hardest to stop God's love and grace. And on Easter, all were shown to be less than powerful. The image today, when conflicts happen in our world, when values clash, what are we to do? In uncertain times, in tumultuous times, in divisive times, what do the faithful people of God, what are we called in our baptisms to do and to be when even the temples crumble around us. Oh, by the way, the temple that they were talking, ooing and aahing about in the gospel, it fell down a generation later as the Romans came to town in 70 CE. What do we do when we find ourselves in such tumultuous moments? Jesus invites us to endure. Endure, and through your endurance, you will gain your souls. Wow, that is a crazy phrase, isn't it? And lest we, let's unpack it, because at first glance, it might seem like, well, as Christians, we're called to do good works and earn ourselves into heaven. And that's what all life is about. 
Well, it couldn't be further from the truth of the gospel. The word endurance here can also mean persevere, to be steadfast. Literally, it means abiding under the weight, under the weight of something heavy. What is the under the weight of something heavy? Well, when this world tries to exclude, when this world tries to be unloving, when it tries to be judgmental, and the people of God say no, love, grace, forgiveness, mercy, these are the things that we claim at our table. These are the things that we insist for all of God's people. When that happens... Things are going to get difficult. But we, preserve, we persevere, we endure, we abide under those things because those values are God's values. Those values are the values that Christ claims in his life. And if we're going to follow Jesus, then those values too must be our values. And as we claim them, as we hold on to them, as we grasp to them, we gain our souls. That word in some of your translations at home might be lives. Literally, it's psyche. It's, it's our essence. It's, it's what makes us special and unique as people. When we live in the table of Christ, when we follow Christ's values we find that there is meaning and purpose to life. There is strength in the midst of struggle. And yes, there is joy to be found in the gospel. Today, Jesus talks about the end of the world. And it reminds us that ultimately, God is in charge. Ultimately, God is in charge of life. God is the source of our hope. As Christians, let us hope, not in political candidates, not in elected officials. Let us hope, not in the strength of our economy or the military might. Let us hope, not in one system of government. Let us find our hope in Christ let us find our hope at the table which we are welcome to. A table that is opening and welcoming to all people. What are we to do on the Sunday after the election? Brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what circle we filled in on Tuesday, today let us come to the table let us find in the table our true identity as followers of Jesus. And let us be loving and forgiving, full of mercy and willing to take a stand. So that those who feel threatened, those who are afraid today might find hope as well. What do we do? Let's eat. Amen.